Which I believe she coined it as the hottest TV intro ever. Everybody's fucking ahead of me. I'm the one to do it. The podcast and fucking Skylar's ahead of me. Fucking Jillian. Jillian's been watching it like for a month longer than me though. So. Oh, I thought she like just started it too. No. I thought all these people were like just starting it. Skylar just started it, but she watched like four episodes in a day. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I could watch more, but. I'm like trying to figure out what we're doing here. Who knows? I don't. I scared the shit out of Zach because while he was still asleep, I made a Instagram and Twitter for this account and gave it its own anchor account. Um, I want to promise you that's not because that's not my attempt to legitimize this any more than it is because it's not legitimate at all. I I sat and thought I was like, it's not fair to the like actual deck fans uh, to get clouded with my bullshit. Um, so yeah, I just kind of gave this its own hell corner on the internet so that Back to Back remains untainted because that's the real podcast here. That's the real podcast. This one isn't. It's, it's simply me screaming over Lenny Gallardo for this is us just, 20 hours straight. This is us just indulging ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. not even. Like, yeah, look forward to the fucking spin-off of this spin-off fucking what's something I like? Like the Peaks to Peaks podcast where I just make Courtney Have you seen Twin Peaks? Oh yeah. Okay. It has to be something you haven't seen. I'll think of something that you've like I know, unfortunately, we have a lot in common. Like, yesterday, we were talking about The Simpsons and found out that each other really liked The Simpsons. We like, Which I, I didn't know. I fucking lost my shit because back-to-back crossover on Pope to Pope. I found. I did not even remember this, that there's a fucking, like, Beck joke in uh, one of the older Simpsons episodes. It was I really about funny. That too. Like, I didn't know what to expect when I opened it. He sent me something. He was like, look what was just on The Simpsons. And I was like, like what, thing, what niche thing that I like is this going to be? But it was back. Which, like, he's like the least niche things I like, to be perfectly honest. He's just popping and locking. I'll, I'll be I'll thinking of the spinoff for this spinoff podcast. <laughs> we'll get there. I know I joked to Noah, who is not neutral Noah on this podcast. He is, I like this show on this podcast. Um, <laughs> he's he's, he's not Noah. Yeah, he has good feelings about Neil Cope. Neil Cope as much as I do. Um, 
and uh, but I was I was friends with him like oh I started this year with zero podcasts ending it with two and then I was like I shouldn't say ending it with two it's only October uh, yeah who knows <laughs> yeah this is kind of your thing I feel like I'm owed my own focused podcast yeah. hey. honestly, you've seen way more shit than me I feel like so I don't know anything that you like haven't seen that I, I could indulge you on I mean, just like uh, Charlie Kaufman stuff. Like you've seen more Charlie Kaufman than I have. We we could not do a Charlie Kaufman cast. That would be far too depressing. I did want to do that like myself at one point. This is like not even on topic at all. But I was like, I should totally do it and like uh, do like Jillian and like make do, where they just have like a guest like every episode. Yeah. That doesn't fucking matter. Um, we're talking about the young Pope, apparently. That's what he's young is. and he's the Pope. But, like, he's not that young, which, again, kind of threw me for a loop. I feel like they should have in parentheses, like, the comparatively young Pope. He is the comparatively young Pope. We've said this. We've said this last episode. It's kind of a title. Like, Paolo, sweetie. I, I don't want to, like, put it that far. And I know I said this last time. I genuinely wonder how many people didn't watch this show just because The Young Pope is an inherently hilarious title. Listeners, if there are any of you, um, there have been six since I posted episode one, like, two hours ago, which is very, like, shocking to me. Um, Why are you people listening to this? You lost, sweetie. I know you're listening. You probably don't podcast. That's a great question. It's about the one Beck fear. What would you do if Jude Law? I would. I'm not as scared. Because I feel like this one isn't as bad as Beck. No, I'm literally. I'm just gushing. I mean, maybe he might be a little scared of me because I'm so like fervently thinking he should get a damn Oscar for the Facebook live stream. But uh, he knows I'm right. He knows he's talented. I would think. I feel. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg presents it to him on stage. <laughs> You get the Facebook Oscar. Ew, I don't want to think of that. <laughs> what if it was um, Jesse Eisenberg? That's fine. That's fine. I like Jesse Eisenberg. Have you watched the video where it's like Facebook Live and he's like cooking brisket in his backyard? Yes. Jade showed me that the other day. I feel like maybe I had seen it, but it's like showed me. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. But also, like. Call me a bootlicker, but I get like really bad. Okay, hear me out. <laughs> I get that thing. I think I've told you about before. We're like in like socially embarrassing or awkward situations where people are like being embarrassing. I get really bad like secondhand like anxiety and like empathy and shit like that. But I see like, look, I know he's a bad dude. Like he's fucked up. But I mean, like I watch that and I'm like. Oh, he's just trying to cook brisket. But it's also really funny. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. No, it's, it's, it's like secondhand. It's purely like gut yeah. reaction. I may not actually like feel that way. But like, no, but you can have I get the same thing. That video didn't do it for me because I think every time I've seen it, I've been introduced to it in like a meme situation. <laughs> Which, by the way, speaking of memes and Jude Law, there's an interview that I will post on the Twitter, since we have Twitter now, I hate myself, um, 
where Stephen Colbert shows him memes of like Young Pope memes, like right after Young Pope dropped, and Law's like, I learned what a meme was yesterday. I love them. I love this. I love this. I, to be honest with you, I only learned what a, a, a meme is. A meme? Meme. M e m e. I only learned what a meme was uh, yesterday, but I'm thrilled. It's so cute. <laughs> he didn't know? No, this was in 2017. He didn't know. Yeah. What a king. That's why I don't think you know the podcast. Let's say, 2017? Come on, dude. Like, you're not like an old guy. Jude. No, and he has like meme age. <clears throat> I mean, one of his, his eldest child is my age. So. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Shout out child. to Rav Law. Raff Law? Rafferty. He goes by Raff. Rafferty Law? Yeah. Dude, come on the podcast. <laughs> talk, about, talk about us thirsting over your hot dads. What were you going to say? I'll edit it out. What were you going to say? The squeaky. <laughs> I don't think I can his name is. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm like. I'm thinking, trust I haven't seen it, I don't think. There's a part in the new book I mean, basically. Oh, that's it. So you're saying I shouldn't Google Jude Law penis or I mean, if you want to, that's up to you and your personal FBI agent. RIP to my search history. Uh, Go in private. That doesn't matter. Wait, Jude Law is. Share your screen. <laughs> The U.S. Sun, which I don't know how much we trust that or not. Growers and showers, Jude Law and Leonardo DiCaprio make a list of smallest <laughs> in Hollywood. Now I don't want him to find the podcast. Yeah, I was like, that's the moment where we sunk over. While Liam Neeson is among most hung. Ew, ew, ew. This is like the worst timeline. <laughs> I love how it's Leo when we talk about it. You bitch. <laughs> Django was the year when I really thought. Because, like, you know, obviously there's the joke of, like, oh, like, Leo got snubbed, like, for years, like, da da Django was, like, for real the year where, like, I thought. I was like, okay, like, he deserves it. It's going to be great. But no. And, I mean, you know, I was joking. I mean, I think Redneck's, like, good. I don't know if I'd, like, write home about it necessarily. But, you know, it's kind of a thing of, like, fuck, who else are we talking about this with? Where, like, uh, like Joaquin Phoenix, where it's like, has a year of like great performances. Not that he isn't great in Joker, but like, 
There's I so many other. I, I would have given it for another award. I think it's like understandable for like a lot of actors that go a while with being snubbed. So, so wait, is Jubal never gotten Best Actor? He hasn't, right? Oh no, I don't even know if he's been nominated. He should have got for the holiday. <laughs> I have to verify. What a hor- we're horrible fact checkers are. <laughs> this uh, one, this no, Beck, I can understand, but you are like. I yeah. Okay, no, 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 no. T, 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 T. Um, Cold Mountain was nominated, rightfully deserved for Best Actor. I Cold love Cold Mountain. Mountain. Have you seen Cold Mountain? I, I don't think I have. The reason I know about it is because I think the author is from Mississippi of the original book. That would crack, I feel like. And then he was also nominated for Best Supporting and they, for Mr. Ripley. So I, I met them. I met them at a book signing one time uh, back at university. They came to our town and they like talked about it and like the movie and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh. Okay. More penis stuff is saying for new Pope, so I'm not gonna click on those for uh, Charles Frazier is the author of Cold Mountain. Yeah. It's a good movie. Nicole Kidman. I love Frazier. <sighs> Nicole Kidman is so good. Freaking Re- Renee Zellweger. This is a this is the Cold to Mountain podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Patrick Coates. It's the Cold to Mountain podcast. Um. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jude Law plays a confederate, but like, it's okay. Wow. wow. No, he, ab- he abandons his pose because he has morals. He has morals. Talk about a problematic fave. Wow. Jack White is in He's very good. What the fuck? It's like, the Jack White? The Jack White. Yeah, he's great. I do I not know that. Everyone's in this movie. Natalie Portman's in this movie. Charlie Hunnam is in this movie. Dude, it was the prequel to King Arthur. Reverend, I don't remember this. I don't remember any of this shit. Is this one of those Oscar movies? There's too much crossover. It's bleeding over. This is an Oscar movie. Like the Oscar That's what I'm saying. It's one of those movies where like it gets all these awards and shit, but like nobody saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who, yeah, who, yeah. What else did Not that's not that's bad or anything. Yeah, Renee got supporting. Got supporting. I think that's it. She won supporting for it? Yeah, she's like, Okay. So I was gonna say So anyway, Jude Law, two Academy Award nominations. That's all we need. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna be fully transparent. I've never finished the talented Mr. Ripley. I started watching it when I was twelve and um unshockingly my dad turned it off. Because twelve year olds shouldn't watch the talented Mr. Ripley. And sure. I I kinda this is mean. Matt Damon bothers me. Does Matt Damon bother you? You know who really bothers me and why I won't finish that movie ever, probably? I hate Gordon Paltrow. I hate What do you mean? Why are you shocked? I'm not gasping. I'm, I'm, I'm not. These are both, like, pretty, like, common takes. I was actually, like, A, to, like, being, you know, indifferent to whatever, to Matt Damon. Like, I don't hate Matt Damon. I do. No, no, yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't write home about Matt Damon necessarily unless he's, like, being goofy or something. Yeah. Uh, and then same thing for same thing for Gwen Paltrow. I mean, like, you know, goop. That's all I have to say. Um, <laughs> every time I hear about Gwen Paltrow, I just can only think about the jade egg, and that's like it. 
Your mystical jade egg. You put up your gigant. <laughs> every every poke to every poke to poke needs its video like you made, and now I'm imagining like a clip art of like a jade egg, just like with the like the shine lines around it. Like, <laughs> And you put it up your search snatch. <laughs> You're just making up new terms. <laughs> you're you're sleep. We are a pro snatch I, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> There's like no. Like, we're, we're fucking horny as fuck on Beth the Pope to Pope. I can't even get our podcast. <laughs> They're all. It's all the same. Um, there's only two on the young. Three? Sister Mary's a woman, excuse me. There are three women on the young pope. That's it. Oh man, is that it? It's a sausage party, let me tell you. Wow, fucking homos. Just kidding. Because fucking, yeah, because the one homo that was there at Ferb got fucking. Wait, t- wait, he didn't, he didn't get kicked out though. We're actually huh. talking about the episode now. Yeah, we are totally ever. You're great. No, he, he's still. I should call him. <laughs> I feel like you can and I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, <laughs> as the whatever of the LGBT plus community. I'm the representation. Yeah, if you if you come to these podcasts for queer representation, I'm sorry. <laughs> Because I frankly do not have a label. <laughs> Labels are overrated. As I call myself a street. <laughs> um, wow, of course you like Cold Mountain Straighty. Honestly. Oh man, that's such a straight white woman movie. I'm gonna sit on the couch with my blanket and my decaf coffee and just, just quietly say to myself, Jude Law's so handsome in his in his uniform. I'm just gonna ignore that it's a Confederate uniform. Oh my God, Renee Zellweger, she's lovely. Stop this! Stop now! I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, okay, let's. I I don't even know where to start with this episode. We talked about that, but like. We, we can maybe get to that later because I feel like that's more like dramatic territory. Yeah. Well, it's dramatic, but it's funny. Like, this show is so good at doing. Oh my god, this. It happened again. I'm laughing my ass off at like multiple points during this episode. But then in like the next scene, I can just be shitting my pants. I'm so scared by what's happening. Like, I don't know if we should save it or not, but like, he finally gives the speech that like yeah. has been hyped since the first episode and holy fuck yeah i think that's valid i mean we're not we don't need to start in chronological order because right right well this is a spoiler heavy right right podcast like there's no way to talk about this without we're literally talking about the plot. no yeah he gives his address to St. Peter's Square and he's doing it at night and he does it like last minute too. He tells Sister Mary after he's like being all I'm you know, I'm a dick to his mother essentially. Um I want you to tell everyone that I will be out there at nine PM and people are like running because it's news dropped like last minute. It's like a rock concert. I love it. (laughs) It is. I I love 
the constant parallels to just him as like this big like cult of personality like yeah like a rock star like uh the build-up is so good because you're kind of like oh is he gonna like stick to what uh Boyello wrote for him like i was feeling like okay he's gonna like fucking change shit up at like last minute which he did but it was not to like embarrassing or whatever it was just really horrifying but the the great thing he does beforehand he's talking with what's the lady's name the blonde haired sophie sophie or sophia sophie i think it's just sophie it says sophia on the Wikipedia. i don't know you have watched the show <laughs> Sophie is short for Sophia. Hey, let's hey, let's be real here. <laughs> you know Sophie, you know Sophia. You know who's a New York boy, and every like ten words you kind of hear it. Lenny Bellardo's a New York boy. Okay, I I've been wondering actually like, where he's supposed to be from because I I think Jude Law is pretty good at American accent. Like sometime I'm watching, and I know he's supposed to be very kind of like regal in a way. I'm kind of like, is that a little British? Did you sneak in a little, little British there? I guess my ears simply reject it because I'm just like, I love this American man. Oh, profile on Wikipedia is very scary. He looks very intense and very sad. His name is David Jude Hayworth Law. His name's David. <laughs> the corny just backed away from the game. <laughs> He's staring at me. It's um, very scary. I watched an interview recently that he did with Natalie Portman, and he said that he, him and his sister were named after his parents' best friends. So they used to just go, have them go by their middle name so that they weren't, like, saying David, and then, like, the friend and the child would be like, what? What the fuck? That's a, that's a, that's a, <laughs> Don't judge the British. <laughs> I going to say that's stupid. I will judge the British. As you know, we're an extremely anti-British <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's going to be bad when you the new Pope. <laughs> There's a lot of British in the new Pope. Yeah, Malkovich is British in that. Oh, he is? Oh, yeah. oh God. They so switch. His voice could fucking butter knife me. <laughs> um, Let's watch side effects. Uh, anyway, I like, <laughs> side effects. I, I like it too. That's what I'm saying. Let's watch it. <laughs> it that was, no, was that the movie where I was like, was that like a film? Oh, no, 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 no. oh, I, I, I totally feel that. I feel that. I, I can't remember before or after that. Right? I can't remember if I saw that or. Um, Foxcatcher first. Foxcatcher. I remember, like, those were the two where I was like, this guy's good. Sorry, we're pro Tatum, right? I can say that. No, yeah, no, absolutely. For me, I think that was probably like, I'm like the opposite spectrum. It was either like uh, 21 Jump Street or Magic Mike. Where I was like, dude, this dude's funny. <laughs> I like, I have, I have, I have, I have, I have, I liked 21 Drum Street and I thought he was really funny, but I didn't expect, I feel like I saw side effects first because I remember being like, what's Danny Kane doing this Soderbergh movie, which like they love each other. Yeah, um, they're all kind I, of that. I think it was like, because like, side effects is a really intense movie, like way more than I thought. 
I definitely rented it with my father because Jude Law was in it. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, who, it's Rooney Mara, and who's the other woman? Um, is it wait, 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 wait. Yeah, Catherine Zaya Jones. She dips beneath the laser. <laughs> you ever seen Workaholics? It's <laughs> the fucking funniest show. I have to watch it. The work to Workaholics. Hol- <laughs> the work to Holics. <laughs> well, if we did that, then Jade would have to be like the third co-host because she like. Well, I'd watch it, but she like really watch it. Yeah. Shit. Anyway, <laughs> oh, that was like the bad one. Ew. Wait, 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 where is that? He's talking with Sophia, yeah, and he gives this really great monologue that I literally like dropped everything to message Courtney about, where he's talking about like the notion of artists who are like quote unquote the best at their game because. They essentially make themselves invisible in order to like highlight the importance like of their quote unquote art. And he's talking about like Kubrick and Daft Punk, and I was like, holy shit, this is like the best thing ever. And so like when he's using that as basically like a reference point for like how the Pope should be, it's another one of those things in the show where it's like that's totally fucking insane, but also kind of see where the guy's coming from. (laughs) And so he takes that to the absolute extreme by finally holding his first address and literally making it so that it's fucking 9 p.m. at night. He's in shadows. He's backlit so like you can't see him. And he's delivering this address like basically invisible. And he... You want to talk about a moment where I'm doing that dumb thing where you yell at the TV and nobody can hear you? When he fucking is holding the booklet that's supposed to hold, like, oh, that's Boyello's, like, address or whatever. And he fucking lays it out, and it's the drawing that the kid sent him through the mail. I'm literally yelling, like, fuck off, like, at my TV. I'm, like, screaming so loud. I'm like, you are crazy. You are a crazy person. What are you doing? I can't. It's funny. Watching you watch this like cold because obviously I it's been like I've I've I sound like a crazy person. <laughs> I've lived with Lenny Bellardo for the past like three years. Like he lived in my head. <laughs> um, so like when I watch that now I'm like oh my god this bastard's a genius. Whereas you of course are like crazy man. Crazy, stupid, idiot. I see, and this is what I do want. I do want to fixate. I'm gonna look back to the drawing when he first looks at it when they're in like the storage house. Yeah, yeah. Like, dear Pope, how do I find God? And um, he asks them. uh, He asks um, Aguirre, like, how would you respond to this? And then he's just like, Lenny's like, he would say, you know, dear, whatever the kid's name is, think of all the things you love. That's God. That's my Lenny. And you will continue to meet my Lenny as the show goes on. That's, that's, well, you'll get what I mean. Like, there's more to him than being an evil bastard. (laughs) 
I feel like that's true, but also give me the benefit of the doubt in that you fucking love Jude Law and this show like more than anything. So I'm like, of course Courtney sees the good in no, fucking. No, I'm right. I promise you, I'm right. Well, I'm, I'm gonna listen back to these early episodes like once I finish it and just be like, uh oh. <laughs> no, but you like your reactions are totally appropriate. That's why I say like it is. I, I feel like this is an obvious journey that like the show is supposed to be taking me on. Yeah. So like. But that like nugget right there. There's a similar moment to that with the letter later that literally is so. It made me. Do you know when you like cry without the buildup of crying and you just start crying and it's like, oh, yeah. like shocking? Yeah. It got to me. We have a long way to get there, but like, I will cry on it when we talk about this show. I will. There's no way. Like, wow. if I think about certain moments too hard, I will start crying. So, like, definitely. Wow. Get ready. Um, but yeah, it is like when he opens it up and you see that, and you can see that Jira sees it and is simply like, okay, like, this is where this is going. Like, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, I feel like it's slowly building up more and more of kind of like ideas like that. Because one thing as I'm watching is I'm like, okay, what are this dude's, like, actual religious beliefs? I mean, obviously it sounds insane, he's the fucking Pope, but I'm, like, watching, and I'm, like, I, I like, I do, like, you know, not to sound like, oh, like, or, like, whatever, but, like, he does genuinely come off as, like, a legitimately complex character where, like, I cannot easily figure him out. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so, like, I don't even want to give too much strong evidence of, like, one way or the other of, like, how I feel. Like, I'm only two episodes in, like, obviously, but, like, I want to see where it keeps going because moments like that, I'm kind of like, okay, I feel like, you know, if he was, like, talking to some kids or something like that, like, maybe he would be more of a sweetie. But then also he gives a speech and there's literally that kid that they show on the bus and this kid's literally having his whole his whole shit just, like, wrecked live. Like, it just, like, it's just like, puts his hand on his shoulder like, I just ruined this kid's life. up for, like, four hours on this bus ride. I just ruined this whole kid's life. I see that kid's face. I'm like, this kid's gonna grow up to be an atheist, like, right now. Like, that just happened. <laughs> Do you love At least a lifetime of like religious trauma because of this. <laughs> like, do you love when the person like shines the fucking? I was literally gonna get to that. Like, I felt such a visceral emotion during that scene where the dudes fucking shine the light. Cause like, <laughs> hey, you're shining that light. <laughs> You make God sad, like whatever he says. How dare you shine a light on your Pope? I was he like, says, and then I was, he says, you don't, I don't think you deserve me. And he just leaves. I like, oh my God. I was like holding my head in my hands, just like, oh my God. 
god, what is happening? Like, I feel like that, I literally felt like I was going crazy. It's like, what's happening? What's happening? Like, that shit, like that secondhand anxiety shit. I was like, oh no, I know these are fictional characters, but I'm like, I'm going insane right now. I was like, surely nothing could be as bad as his dream or whatever, but it is. No, that's a better speech. I mean, you're saying his dream was a very yeah. serious I, I, I think so too. <laughs> Still both ended, I would say, poorly. And I think that's a good cliffhanger of like, okay, because I, I haven't watched episode three yet, but it's like, okay, what the fuck is going to happen after that? But like, Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I was going to say, go back to the little moments, though, where you're kind of like, wait a minute. Let's talk about the kangaroo. I was literally, that's what I was going to talk about. I was like, all right, let's inject some positivity into this. Uh, fucking kangaroo Jude. Fucking Jude Law. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's how I know this show's fucking with me. <laughs> that's an incredibly important scene. Stop it. You I swear to God. No, do you not? So later. But, but, fucking Velma, you stop that. When Sister Mary is like, can we talk about the kangaroo? And he quickly shuts her down. I just want you to remember that later. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. I, I feel that. I feel that. Because, yeah, there is there is more development in the relationship between uh, Lenny and Mary, which I thought was good. Uh, did you know, okay, this, I learned this today because we rewatched episode two this morning. Um, that kangaroo is 100% CGI. I lost my shit. Okay, I, That's I, a damn good CGI. I was wondering. I thought it was green, we were wondering, like, was it green screen? Like, was it I was wondering when he first, like, lets it out of the cage, very much so, like, not looking at the kangaroo. I know. <laughs> he's, he's kind of like. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, you know. Obviously, real ass kangaroo. That's like a lot and fucking yeah. like, show or whatever. Like, that's not that it's bad or anything. We talked before about how great the show looks. Yeah. But I was wondering. I I think that I also would have thought mostly green screen, maybe CGI. But like, that's a good looking kangaroo. I know. That's that's no kangaroo jack. <laughs> Oh, Noah says hello. Positive Noah says hello. He just showed his fingers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No- Noah loves the Elko. He does. Yes. Um, can we talk about when, once again, this is just like, we can isolate all the clips from me being like, I love Lenny Villardo. But when he calls the kangaroo sweetie, it's so fucking cute. It also is like really kind of like, did he just call the kangaroo sweetie? Sweetie. Like, you can come out, sweetie. I wish he would say that. I wish Lenny would have been there encouraging me to be gay. To come out of a cage. <laughs> to come out. Oh, to be in a cage in the Vatican and Jude Law beckons you to come out of said cage and then lets you live on the grounds. Yes, like <laughs> this kangaroo shall stay on the grounds. It's like Just imagine me like, like, like. Looking up over the, the, the like shrubbery at like some nuns and then just duck down. <laughs> to be in that warehouse, like letting as your friend, that is a terrible idea. You can like kangaroos can like knock people out, dog. Like, <laughs> that's, like, but it's a nice kangaroo. 
and like once again, that's imp- that's important to his character development because the kangaroo is important to his character. Development. It is. I swear. I'm full. I'm fully convinced that you and the show are both fucking with me. At this point. <laughs> I said this. <laughs> I said this off the air and you got heated. I'm going to say it again here on the air because I mean it. So far, the young Pope is just elevated Ryan Murphy. And I want you to know, I mean that as a compliment, as someone who is a relatively big Ryan Murphy fan, but also acknowledges all the dumb shit with Ryan Murphy. I'm a huge Ryan Murphy fan. I love Ryan Murphy. So what's the problem? So what's the problem? So what's the problem? It's like a Walmart Gucci situation. Like, okay, that's fine. But like, there's a Paolo. There's a Paolo. Paolo. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, you have Lady Bellardo has just received a kangaroo, and you are telling me. I'm trying to remember like what that means, but it's like this will be important to the plot later. It's like yes! you're telling me that, and then you're okay. also saying, "Oh no, this isn't like the fucking heightened reality when ridiculousness see, of when like American see, horror story." When you see, come on, you know I have a point. You know I have a point. You know when, I do. When you see what I mean, you're gonna shit your pants. Okay, maybe I will. Maybe I will. You will. Like I'm okay. right. I know. I certified to shit my pants. Okay. Cut a bet right now. If I don't shit my pants. You will at least cry. I, I will cry. The show is gonna make you cry. I'm sorry. Like at the kangaroo. No, it has it's some it's Boy, he's gonna take like the, he's gonna take like a holy hand grenade, like chuck it at the kangaroo, he's gonna die. It's not literally the kangaroo. It's Lenny's Oh, it's the principle. It's Lenny's ability to like I'm not gonna get into it. I don't wanna get into it right now. I'm gonna guess, guess like I'm gonna guess like you or something, and we can leave it at that yeah, for right now. Sure. Look, okay. Prove me wrong. I'd be glad to be proven wrong with this comparison. I'm just saying, and I mean it in the least slanderous way possible to the because I like it a lot. But like you have also shown me that one point he dances to fucking sexy and I know it. So like he doesn't dance. He puts his clothes. I know he doesn't dance. He's gonna kill me. Episode two, where are we gonna end this shit? (laughs) You cannot show me shit like that and then see my comparison of the heightened eccentricity and heightened reality while still having, you know, genuine drama and thrills of something like American Horror Story. You have to at least see like a smidget of where I'm coming from. You have to. I feel like that's a reason we both like Ryan Murphy shit because yeah. it mount, it bounces that thing that we talked about where they can have like genuine surreal comedy but also genuine drama and like thrills like back to back. Come on, Here's come on. We have very thing. similar brains, Courtney. Like, we do. We do. I love American Horror Story. It's one of my favorite shows. Like yeah. I rewatched all of the seasons in like a seven week period one time. Once again with my dad, who also loves American Horror Story. Oh, yeah. It was a lot. It was like going to war. I will say it was a lot packing. Uh, but and American Horror Story varies. That's the thing. There's some seasons that, that's, that are that's actually true. silly. There's some seasons that are incredibly dramatic and like make me cry. How about how about the best of horror story? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like the best of horror story. See, 
Can you guess what my favorite season is? I'm just I was like, that, that, That's already gonna, I know it's gonna already, like, create some tension. Your favorite is fun mm-hmm. dancing. And then you guess my favorite. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm gonna say it, and I have feelings about this season, and this would be, like, a whole other podcast. Coven? No. Least favorite. Okay. My least okay. Favorite. Oh, thank is God. It is. I'm, yes! I'm sorry. I know. We're going to get killed. We're going to get killed. We're actually going to get killed. Y'all, I'm sorry. Sorry to Tumblr. I know. I have to yell to Noah this information because he will be thrilled. Zach's favorite season of American Horror Story is Coven as well. He said nice, me too. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Coven is schlocky fun i would not give it any more than that it's for fine people, i'm not gonna say it's fine it's for, fine. no i don't hate it but for people that say it's genuinely the best season i'm so sorry i could not disagree more like it is it is very it bad. ruined apocalypse too like i'm i'm a i'm an apocalypse apologist because it's like ridiculous and so stupid but i love cody for all my goddamn heart and I wish that Coven wasn't in it. I wish it was just Michael. We, like, we, talk, we talked a little bit about this. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my take. Because again, sorry to all fans this too. I think American Horror Story Apocalypse is unironically one of the worst seasons of TV I've ever seen in my life. Like, See, I love it. And I I've, watched a lo- I've watched a lot of TV. It is one of the worst seasons of TV. It's a mess. Like, I it, it's the culmination. Michael, but it's a mess. Yeah, like everything I hate about everything I hate about Ryan Murphy is in that season because it's peak like a creator given as much freedom as they want and just like shitting everywhere. Also, can I just say that this like literally and I'm sorry to go on this tangent. I know, but like I feel like this is important. I as an American Horror Story fan. Yeah. I have such a problem with the character of Tate. Because he is, he wrote, it's a character that romanticizes school shooting. And like, everyone's like, and I like, I love Evan Peters. And I get it. Like, people think he's cute, whatever. He's played plenty of characters that you can, you know, fawn over. You don't have to fawn over Tate fucking Langdon. So, the thing that I like how how season one of American Horror Story ends, he's suffering. He breaks up with him and is like, this is bad. You're a toxic person. And like, good, because he is. He's messed up. That's bad. We shouldn't sympathize with school shooters. Yeah. There's no, no. But Apocalypse puts all the blame on Michael and makes it that that's where the evil from Tate came from. Michael wasn't even a concept when Tate murdered his classmate. So fuck you, whoever decided to do that. That's disgusting. Yeah, what's... <laughs> like, I was so... I, I was so... I really like that episode of Apocalypse where they uh-huh. go back to Murder House. I think that's maybe, like, the best non-shitty episode of that because it's very emotional. I cried, like, with all the stuff with the maid and everything. That was done really well. But how they handle... Tate, and also, I'm sorry, like, a 31-year-old fucking Cody Fern being like, Dad, I'm trying to be like you! <laughs> it's 
great because you're just missing off a ton of reasons why I hate the show without me having to say anything. That, so, yeah, no. Perfect. I, have I don't a, have to do anything. I don't know if that'll stand, but I at least need to vent to you that, like, I. No, that's, that's fine. It's so frustrating. But no, my favorite scene. Wait, yeah, so what's your favorite? Yeah. Roanoke is so fucking good. It fucking found footage that's actually scared me, and I love found footage. No matter what, even if it's shitty, but it's actually good. I'd say this might could change, like, as I say it, but, like, conceptually, like, Roanoke is, like, my favorite. Especially, like, you know me, you know I love, like, meta shit and shit. Yeah. I love all of the shit that Roanoke does. Because, like, you know... I'll, I'll say this, and we should have this tangent. Yeah. I'm like, you know, Hotel, I like aspects of it, but mm-hmm. mostly I was like, uh, like, whatever. Roanoke was such a breath of fresh air that I was yeah. like, oh my god, this is amazing. And people hate it. I know, and I don't get it. It's literally one of the best is. I was like, the answer I usually get, or wait, did you want to guess? Is it Freak Show? I love Freak Show a lot. I, I really love everything Freak Show does. <laughs> like, really, truly. It's maybe the best, like, written. Like, it's arguably maybe the best, like... I would personally think it is. Like, I think the stakes are amazing. And it's so weird, because, like, one of my favorite aspects of the show is the supernatural shit, and it's, like, by far the least supernatural. Yeah, yeah. For one of, pretty much. And yet, I think it works perfectly. I will defend the songs until the I day I fucking I die. <laughs> Literally, like, love you so much. What was I gonna say? Uh, I will defend that shit till the day I fucking die. Like, that is good Ryan Murphy on tourism. is too far Ryan Murphy on tourism, in my opinion, but... <laughs> That could be a whole other podcast where we just talk about Murphy Murphy. to Murphy. No, just not Ryan Murphy autism. Like, (laughs) how much hate mail we'll get. We'll have to watch Ratchet and I'll just jump off my Oh my god. Uh, I'll have to watch the fucking Hollywood show. Oh god. Oh my god. That would be a fun I would start drinking as someone who. I literally like watch me. <laughs> Y'all think I get mad on like the other shit we do? Watch me get like actually mad on these podcasts. Um, to circle back. Yeah. Even Ryan Murphy at his peak, and I'm not. I get it. I get where you're coming from. Okay. But the thing about the Young Pope, and to me, the thing about Sorrentino, and you'll see, maybe understand me here because of think of this must be the place. Okay, this okay, place, okay. right, kind of starts off as this, like, quirky, like, weird thing. Uh-huh. And, like, Sean Penn's character is, like, very eccentric, kind of a goofy fun time. By the Freak end, <laughs> by the end, it's like, yeah. oh my god. Yeah. What the, what, this went in such a direction, like, and even though, like, the plot, like, the logline of this movie, the place, is batshit, and, like, it tells you everything that's gonna happen, but still, when it gets to, like, the lengths it goes to, you're like, oh my god, like, why, how is this a real movie? The Young Pope does the same thing, and you, I think you'll get where I'm coming from as you keep going. That's just, that's what's, and that is I, I think I need to lean more on, like, because, yeah, to be fair, like, the only thing I've seen of Paolo is... Paolo! Paolo. That's the only thing that I've seen from him, which, 
doing this literally just makes me want to rewatch this new place. I'm it's probably like, gonna I'm like it. Like, like, if you do, I'll come. It's been forever since I've seen it, and like. They need to, and like again, the only reason I saw it was because of the title. Like, same, same. I watched it like, with my dad. This, can I love you? I know you're. Maybe you're probably not looking at this actually. You don't really watch the own folks. Um, <laughs> despite your love, you do watch. Yeah. Um, but uh, we were like, oh, like, is it about the song? Is the song in it? Oh, let's see. Me, me and Courtney <laughs> were literally before this just talking about Stop Making Sense and American Utopia. I and cried. so I cried when this was the place played. <laughs> so now I'm like, oh. I was like, yeah, man, I should rewatch that. So I'll either rewatch it or, it or something. I, like, I think it's on Tubi. <sighs> fucking. Uh, stop making sense was it was in like a lot of it's the best time to watch it like feel better like just yeah. watch stop making sense uh like i say and i need to watch uh the other one the great beauty the great beauty yeah which again i think i might say until after young yeah. 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 for your recommendation after new folk too well no i said i would watch it i would watch it before but also i think you're not gonna be like mad about it as i i'm not not mad about it but it's like to me the great beauty is all just the rome shit that's in the young pope without like the spirituality but i don't think that's a negative thing for you because you're not as like far up the catholic church's ass as i am you know what i mean but no it's i mean it's 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 picture perfect paolo like it's if you like paolo you like it it's it's good i still enjoy it um but no okay one thing i want to bring up and it's in the front of my head before i forget it i want your thoughts because i was very moved by this scene seeing it for like the fifth time or whatever when sister mary goes to follow voyella to get dirt on him. And she sees him walk into an apartment building, followed by a woman in a very like skimpy dress, and you assume this is gonna go in like the most obvious direction it goes. And it goes a complete 180. And they show him in the apartment babysitting um, the boy in the wheelchair. What was your thoughts on that? I'm trying to think how I reacted to it. I definitely did feel like the 180 because yeah, I saw like how it was set up and I was like, oh, okay, like I get it. Like he keeps looking at the Venus statue, like he's horny, like da da. And then it went to that, like, I don't know if it was like a super like gut punch, but I was definitely surprised. And like, I did feel way more emotional at the ending whenever he's like holding him and like basically like crying after i'm assuming after the address yeah yeah that definitely hit me a lot more i was like oh wow like you know they haven't said their like full relationship to each other yet but clearly like someone who is of meaning to voyello and i definitely felt that in that scene it was like surprise and then like whoa like heavy this is like you know very emotional it reveals like that and and once again this is i'm I'm obviously watching it as someone who's seen it all um it it really reveals voyello's true character very quickly and in a very like nicely wrapped bow that i was like wow like i don't think i 
like realized it as much obviously the first time I saw it and also just all of a sudden then Sister Mary's like I've assumed horrible things about this person I'm against him for no reason other than that I think he's against me I need to reevaluate and then she reads his address and it's like he's good he's smart he has good intentions and Lenny won't have any of it because he just wants to be in control and he's also mad because he's hearing that Sister Mary yeah. is going to hurt like we and like that she's the Pope as well um, and I think their Voyello and Sister Mary's relationship and interactions are very interesting and very like they, they're very genuine and they put their guard down when they talk to each other I feel like and I just I love Voyello I think he's such a good character <laughs> I was gonna say for all of that <clears throat> allow me <clears throat> oh my god <laughs> I had to get all my thoughts out. <laughs> Allow me to gush as a writer, if one can call me that. Allow me to gush. That's very good writing in that if for at least a moment, Mary is a great audience surrogate because you have the similar experience of that view of Voyello who we have been viewing through you know, a very particular lens. Like, I, you know, have not hated Voyello up to this point, which, like, you know, I don't think it's the intention, like, either, but obviously, he's set up as kind of a quote-unquote antagonist in the very, like, strict definitional sense in that he opposes the protagonist. Yeah. But, like, you see that scene, and it is a very immediate switch of perspective. It is a very immediately illuminating moment to Mary, but also to us as the audience. And then it immediately follows that with the reading of his address. And you say, oh wow, this is like actually a good, well-written address. Like Voyello, you know, at the end of the day, at least what seems to me so far, like has the best interests of the church in mind, like I would assume, you know, even if he does have his own plans for shaking things against this guy who is shaking things up, Lenny. So it, it, it was, I think I'm realizing more now, like as you're saying it as someone with more perspective, it really was a great scene. I do agree with that. Speaking of Mary, uh, Mary, one of my favorite things in the episode, when fucking Lenny goes to her apartment and she's, you know, in a comfy-ass pajama shirt that says, I'm a virgin, but this is an old shirt. That was the funniest fucking shit I've seen, like, all week. I was laughing my ass off. But it's also a great, like, character thing. Like, none of these people are, like, strictly traditionally, like, you know, as someone who is not as invested in the Catholic Church, like, I see them as, you know, an order of, like, you know, very strict, like, oh, like, buttoned up, like, all refined and everything. So to see someone who's a fucking nun, you know, wear a shirt that says something like that, I'm like, this is funny, but it's also great character development, showing that Mary obviously has, like, a sense of humor, so. Yeah, no, and I think that definitely, like, she's also balling b-ball star <laughs> right <laughs> she plays basketball in this episode wasn't she was that i don't know if that was this one i know was it i can't remember i remember the nuns playing soccer, soccer <laughs> 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 it's like dude this is rad <laughs> sister mary 
does love basketball. I will say that's that. so that's fucking the funny. Character that. For sure. um, I love that she loves basketball. Yeah, and I got like her and Lenny and Andrew are painfully American, and I think it's funny when they interact with Boyello or anyone else, where they're all so Italian, so European, but like. Like, even, like, Andrew showing up late to the yeah. address and being like, gotta get in there, you know, like, yeah. what are your thoughts on Andrew? So, I, I, I can't wait to see more about him. Like, again, they're doing really good about just sowing these kind of little seeds of, like, people that are going to show up and obviously I still be stronger key players as the story progresses. I just, like, I have to know what's up with that intro. Like, the uncannily, like, similarly staged flashback where he's meeting Sister Mary and it's essentially the opposite of Lenny's experience. Like, I was confused. I was like, is this, like, a dream? Like, what? I, I didn't know what was going on and then it shows Andrew, like, in the present or whatever. Who I think is great because it's another character that like no knew Lenny like prior to Popehood or whatever. Similar for fucking uh character Spencer, which oh my god, fucking amazing scene with him and Lenny. Like to go on a quick tangent of that, like literally one of, if not the first time, probably just one of the times where I saw like genuine vulnerability from Lenny like it was so weird to see him as such a I'll say as such a bitch boy like it was yeah. weird like, like this guy who's asserted so much dominance you know throughout the show already be really genuinely just like like obviously not like that bad but like it was weird and like him actually trying to like give a leg up to his former mentor and him just be like, fuck that, you've ruined my life. I fucking hate you. <laughs> I, I love James Cromwell so much, uh, you know, to tie that to American Horror Story. <laughs> He's so good. He's so good at everything. He's in Succession and on the reason we're Succession. Ooh, the only Succession podcast. podcast. I would do the Suck Succession podcast. Cromwell's <laughs> great, though. I want to say, um, He's great. Oh my God. Friend of the pod, Jillian. <laughs> message me saying that also friend of the pod Cody walked in on her um, watching the young Pope and James Cromwell was on the screen and said do you think James or do you think Jude Law uh, asked James Cromwell to say battle do you Pope I died it's so funny that's <laughs> Awful. <laughs> what if Jude Law voices things? Speaking of Jude Law voicing things, and it's starting to be holiday season soon. What are you gonna say? Have you seen the hit DreamWorks film? Is it Rise of the Guardians? Yes, Legend of the Guardians is out. Rise of the Guardians. I, I actually did not see that one. I have only had growing interest in it because of, 
I don't know if it's good. I mean, I've heard people say they like it. It at least has a big-ass fucking fandom surrounding it. For a movie where I saw the trailers growing up, and I was like, this looks like the dumbest fucking movie ever. So, full transparency, I saw it in the theaters because you love it. I want you to stop. Because he's fucking like, he's fucking like the Nightman. He is the Nightman. His name is And he looks like His name's Bitch. Like, Pitch Black. Bitch, please. He looks like me when I wore my orcas for a formal gown in high school. It's, awful, it's not a good character design. The horrible thing it's about a, that not a good character design. The horrible thing about that movie is everyone wants to fuck Jack Frost, and it's so gross and weird. Um, I, I love how I haven't seen. I don't want to get on this train. I'm sorry, I started it. No, no. I mean, I love how I haven't seen. Also, it has one of those fucking like generic ass titles like Rise of Guardian Owls of Gahul. Okay. Like, <laughs> oh, Gahul Slander on the podcast. No, it's, it's, it's Zack Snyder's best movie. Thank you. I read every book. Like, I could do the Gahul to Gahul. You read the book. I loved the book. The books are so good. The movie's great, but the books are so good. The lore, the world building, the owl, like, fascism unmatched. I love how you're a fan of the Gahul books. I was like, Owl Girl in middle school and like in fifth grade. Or Owl I do love that book. It's the kind of thing like if you had said that shit to me about like Percy, Jack, Percy Jackson or Aragon or Inkheart, I'd be the same way. Like, the books are so much better. Like, yeah. Okay, but the books are like amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. I like, I was such a weird Owl Girl. I started reading Harry Potter because there was an owl in it. Like, I played Harry Potter off for years and I was like, this bitch has an owl. And then I read all the books and now I'm simply trying to distance myself from that franchise, which, you know, who's in? Harry Potter movie. Our good friend Jupiter is gay Dumbledore. I will not watch those movies. Not even for him. Not even for a bit. Not even. No, I refuse. You read Harry Potter? Yeah, I was. It was. It was the summer before sixth grade. I don't think I've heard like a weirder sentence from you ever. I read Harry Potter. That's really hard. Said owl. Yeah. You've said a lot of weird shit. Yeah, what well, maybe like I've lived with Lenny Bellardo for three years. <laughs> He's in my house. Yeah, guys, Lenny Bellardo's chilling in a fucking apartment. <laughs> 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 so scattered. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, Spencer, uh, we're talking about Spencer. The third because I, I made a Bane joke. I, yeah, the Spencer scene was great. I think, like, the last thing I definitely remembered and want to talk about was, well, and this does relate to Spencer, his conversation with the one cardinal who's the head of the... The, the, the... I can't remember. Cardinal for the priest. He had, like, a long title. Yeah. It's the guy that, that like, allows priests to become priests. He, like, okay, that's what I was wondering. I had to, like, look it up. Yeah, actually. and so that's, that's Cardinal Asante. Okay. That's the same thing. That was, like, such a great scene. Because, you know, he finds out that he's gay. And, like, you know, you kind of wonder, like... I'm wondering, like, you kind of have an idea of, like, oh, 
this is going to go somewhere bad. And like, it's a very, like, it becomes a slowly more and more like tense scene as it progresses. Which, quick side note, I can remember if it's episode one or episode two, but like when they're trying to investigate into Lenny and they're like, what is his sexuality? Unknown. He loves the church. Like, well, the church is a woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? You get what I mean when I'm like, he, like, mentally, I cannot objectify Lenny Gloria because he is like Ken doll to me. I, okay, I literally, like, after that, I was going to make the exact same joke. Like, I feel like Lenny could, like, take down his pants. And it's just like a blank nothing. There's like nothing there. Because, <laughs> like, like, I'm kind of wondering, too, like, the more they talk about, the more curious I get. But then after shit like that and think about it, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I don't know if I could really like pin him to anything. And like, I've got great gaydar, so like normally I'm good about this kind of shit. But like, I'm watching. Is do you have any like guesses on who could be gay with your gaydar? As I'm watching the young yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Might have to uh, get back to you on. Okay. I think. I think. Yeah. I think the one person that like rouses suspicion, not necessarily for being gay, but just of his sexuality in general, because he comes off as so, not in the traditional sense, but in like a more literal sense, as asexual, was Lenny. I was just like, I, I like can't get a read on this guy. Like I could give arguments for both or for nothing. Yeah. Just like where I'm at right now and so yeah contrast that with uh the scene with this cardinal which like just becomes progressively more and more tense as it's going along and I feel genuinely like bad because you know Lenny is in a position where like for most of the time at least what people are supposed to do people have to be just totally transparent with him and tell him the truth and that's like really fucking scary like he's already probing the confessional guy for like what people are saying about him you know within the booth which is already fucked up but like now he's just individually coming after people and literally using it in attempts to shape the church more and more how he wants it to be and they have all of that, a very genuinely tense scene. And they end it with the setup and payoff of Lenny Lenny hitting the fucking buzzer. And Courtney, what happens after that? Because you had a fucking screenshot ready as I was messaging you about this scene. Um, one second. I want to verify. I want to get the nun's name. They don't say it yet. Oh, the nun's name. It's a queen, and I just want to have her name ready, and I don't remember it. Because so she showed up before. It's the same one. Yeah, and she's, she's consistent. Like, she comes back. She is the verified, like, She's like, presser. she's like his like assistant essentially gotcha. um yeah what is her so then he presses the buzzer and she comes in and says basically it's time for your snack now it's so good sorry mr sorry so yeah sorry and she's so tiny she's so tiny i love her and she's holy father it's time for your snack and the look he like laughs <laughs> he like, looks so caught off guard. And then he says, like, 
she, that's what she calls it. Like, referring that, like, she's going to bring him something else that's not a snack, which goes to even weirder territory. And then, the, the strange guy Courtney sent me is him just looking absolutely bewildered and enraged, saying, I have to have my snack now. <laughs> which is the hardest I've laughed. Even harder than the shirt thing. This was the hardest I laughed and was like, this episode's maybe perfect encapsulation of the fine line between like heart pounding anxiety drama and like laughing my ass off comedy. <laughs> it's so good. It's, yeah, no, and it's so hard to pull off. So like major props to Paolo for Paolo! Oh, sorry, every time. <laughs> it's so good. I have to have my snack. <laughs> it's also funny because, like, it is a running bit that, like, he doesn't eat. Yeah! <laughs> to use that as an excuse, like, this bitch won't eat breakfast. He's not going to eat a snack. <laughs> have you ever had a Cherry Coke Zero? I'm not. I'm pretty sure I have, and, like, a moment of desperation like I don't like <laughs> in that I don't like the diet or zero like, me neither that's why I've never had I drink full on stuff but I've definitely had lots of like regular cherry cokes oh me too that's like top tier but I also get it it's a very like it's the drink when you're older and like you don't want to do coffee so yeah. you just like oh give me like a zero or like a diet like soda and like the fact that the cherry is so important, that little like extra bit of sweetness is like very revealing about Lenny as a character. Yeah, do you have anything else? Is there anything? I think we've covered both. I, I think that's it. It was a great episode. I can't wait to see where it keeps going. Uh, I wish I could say like when it, because I'm trying to remember, there's like a point where you're like, oh, we're going here, and I can't. Because everyone arcs at different points. Like, right. I'm very excited for you to see what's up with Andrew because yeah. you're excited about him because he definitely gets more screen time as it goes on. Okay. And it's like a thing with me, like, I'm already slow to watch TV in general. And so, again, don't hold your breath for like, no. But, like, you know, especially if it gets to the point where, like, a show, like, really hits and ramps up, then usually at that point, that's where I'll start, like, really making conscious effort to, like, back to back, like, binge watch and, like, finish it. Cause then I'm, like, really reeled in. Not that I'm not messing with shows. No, I know what you mean, though. It's still needing everyone and, like, getting yeah. to know everyone. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we didn't really see Patrick or, like, Asante or anything. I mean, and it's funny. No, no, no. I, like, forgot Asante when he's in the young Pope because he ends up playing, like, a huge part in the new Pope. Really? More so than the young Pope. Um, yeah, it's very... It's, it's interesting. But, yeah. Popes, they're young, they're old in real life, but we prefer this fictional reality when she was. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's canonically, it. I will say, canonically, in in the young Pope Francis has died. So they don't say what year it's supposed to be, but like in the new Pope, they kind of. It's blatant that like he he was the Pope before Lenny, I guess. Um, which is really like kind of like, oh, wow, okay, Paolo. <laughs> if only I knew 
more about popes. The most content I've been getting by these podcasts is that fucking new Twitter meme where the pope's like holding up. Yeah. <laughs> I tweeted one where he's holding up Jude Law in a speedo, which is from this show. So look forward to it. That's what I was talking about the um, P apostrophe N I S. <laughs> Not apostrophe, asterisk. P apostrophe. P asterisk. That's from this? Um, it's from the new one. Oh, of course. Yeah. So you see um, his, I guess, small controllers, of course. I don't know. I'm not going to judge. Cordy said computer. It has. <laughs> Okay, everyone, thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for indulging us again. Um,